0: It's the dictionary it's the dictionary it's dictionary 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 Hello 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 word nerds hello 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 word nerds word nerds word nerds hello word nerds What is up I am Spencer this is my podcast welcome to it I hope you're doing well I hope you're enjoying this show I hope you started from the beginning I hope everything is great for you Let's just get into it. The first word in this episode is dismast. D-I-S-M-A-S-T. Transitive verb from 1747. To remove or break off the mast of. So, uh, well, you know, boats, sailboats have a mast, which where they put the big old sail on that thing. And uh, I guess if you take... A thing off of the mast, or break a thing off of the mast. You are dismasting. I guess that's what it's saying. How does this get used so much? Dismast the thing from the mast. I don't know sailing at all. Um, I would think that the word would be to take, to take off, to remove, or break off. Wait, it is. It is to remove or break off the mast of to break off the mast. Oh, so maybe this is literally taking off the mast. That does make sense. I apologize for everything that I said before, just erase it from your memory. Um yeah, so assuming that's what it is cuz that is what I thought it would be. Uh you take off the mast or you break off the mast. So if you're in a maybe the the weather is terrible and there's a storm a brewing, and then it hits your boat, and the mast breaks off. You have been dismasted, and uh, that's 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 not a place that you want to be. No, it is not. In the middle of the ocean with no mast. Sorry for you. That's it. Okay. The sound effect today will be, ha ha. The next word is the first form of dismay. This is a transitive verb, yes, from the thirteenth century. One to cause to lose courage or resolution, and the example of that would be because of alarm or fear. So, if you have lost your resolution or your courage because because something frightened you, uh, then you have been dismayed. There is an example. Must not let ourselves be dismayed by the task before us. <laughs> I have many times been dismayed by the task before me. Oh, it's a very big task. Uh, maybe I should have been dismayed when I started this podcast. I did not realize I did, but not to the same to the to the correct amount. I was not aware of what this task would really entail. Uh, I did and I didn't. But uh, yeah, if you got a big thing to do, I've had this before. It's like, oh, I just, it's so, I don't want to, it's a big task. I want to do other easier things first. uh, I am dismayed by the idea of doing this task, uh, whatever it is. I mean, it could be as simple as laundry. But that's why if it's a task like that, dishes, laundry, cleaning, that sort of thing, you got to stay on top of it. Uh, You got to you got to just do the things when you can, because it's just going to mount into a big old pile of something you got to deal with. And then it's so much harder to get your brain around it. But of course, there are just really big tasks that are frightening to do. Number two for dismay. The synonyms are upset and perturb, as in were dismayed by the condition of the building. The condition of the building really upset me. I don't want people living in these conditions. Uh, Can we get them moved out and get this place cleaned up? Uh, Again, you know, if people had kept up on keeping it nice. Uh, But that's not always possible. If it's a whole building, maybe they can't afford to have uh, people or a person take care of it. Uh, You know, sometimes that's just how it goes. But yes, I am very dismayed by the condition of that building. Dismayingly is an adverb. This is from, let's see, dis plus um, maillere, Anglo French Mayer, which is from the vulgar Latin magare, which is of Germanic origin, akin to the Old High German magan, which means to be able. And there's more at the word may. So, to be able became the opposite when you add the dis-not-able, I guess. But I don't know. That's not that's not really how I think of this word. Uh, hmm. Something happened there in the etymology, and I'm not finding the connection. But we do have some synonym information. Everybody's favorite time. I don't know if that's true. Nobody's ever told me how they feel about it whatsoever. I'm just pretending. Dismay, appall, horrify, and daunt mean to unnerve or deter by arousing fear, apprehension, or aversion. Dismay implies that one is disconcerted and at a loss as to how to deal with something, as in, dismayed at the size of the job. I don't know how to deal with that thing because it is such a big job. It's really, really scary. Please help me. Appal, A-P-P-A-L-L. It implies that one is faced with the... uh, What? One is faced with that which perturbs, confounds, or shocks. Somebody is faced with something that does all those things, as in, I am appalled by your behavior. Your behavior has shocked me, confounded me, perturbed me. I'm very... Frustrated by it. I'm confused. I I can't believe that you would act that way. It is appalling to me. Horrify. I guess you could also be horrified by somebody's behavior. But horrify stresses a reaction of horror or revulsion. As in, was horrified by such wanton cruelty. How could you be so cruel and so just casual about it. I think that's kind of what wanton is W-A-N-T-O-N. It's just like it's no big deal to you and I am not a cruel person. I don't like cruelty in any way so I am horrified that you could just be so cruel. And by cruel I mean you are not writing a review and that is just so cruel to me. Daunt. D-A-U-N-T. Daunt suggests a cowing disheartening or frightening in a venture requiring courage as in a cliff that would daunt the most intrepid climber. Uh, So yes it takes courage to uh, to climb this crazy ass cliff and uh, it's uh, you're cowed by it. You're disheartened. You're frightened to do it now. Is this similar? Let's see. Daunt this thing requires courage. Uh, I mean, I guess dismay and the whole thing about the size of the job that would take courage to deal with it. Uh, but you, I don't know if you can. Re- do, let's see. Daunted at the size of the job. Yeah, that doesn't really sound quite right. I just replaced dismay with daunt. Um, yeah, it is different. A little different. Ha ha. The next word is the second form of dismay. Noun from the 14th century, so you can have dismay. Number one, sudden loss of courage or resolution from alarm or fear. (laughs) I'm dismayed. I have dismay. 2a, sudden disappointment. I'm very disappointed at your test, young lady. Why did you bring in an A minus? That I have such dismay at your test scores. Come on, A or nothing. To B, the synonym is the first definition for the word perturbation. Perturb, perturbation. Ha ha. The next word is the word dime, but this one is spelled D I S M E. Uh, Let's see. Yes, it is French. It is a noun from 1792. And ho-ho, ho-ho, we have a little twist here. This is interesting. Um, It is a U.S. 10-cent coin struck in 1792. So it is a dime with a different spelling. Now, does the word struck here mean that they stopped using it in 1792? And how, what? Why did they why didn't they what they just changed the name they changed the spelling of the same thing uh what what is what is dime say dime uh this is this is fascinating and I'm like why I just don't understand like what 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 uh, let's see yes from the anglo-french dism or dime I guess they pronounced it dime spelled D-I-S-M-E um. Yeah, interesting. It it is dime. It's the same thing. It's it's a tenth, a ten, a tenth. That's what it is. Hmm. Moving on. Ha ha. Dismember, transitive verb from the 14th century. Dismember. What I had recently with uh, Christmas show, we had a uh, dis. Uh, where is it? Disembody, and disembowel. Uh, this, you know, it's sort of in the same world. So, number one for dismember, to cut off or disjoin the limbs, members, or parts of. If a thing is made up of parts, you take those parts away from each other and they say, bye-bye, parts. See you later. We were such good friends. Nope, sorry, you are you have been dismembered. And yeah, we, we what did we have? Disjoint and disjoin uh, a couple episodes ago. So, yeah, same idea. Uh, they have been the members... The limbs, the parts, have been disjoined, and you can also say dismembered. Two, to break up or tear into pieces. Just anything. So it might not be made up of pieces or parts, but you might break it into pieces. Maybe you're ripping a piece of paper. You guess you're dismembering the paper? Dismemberment is a noun, uh, I, I don't want to be dismembered. I don't think anybody wants to be dismembered back in the olden days for uh, torture or uh, punishment or to make an example of somebody, they would, they would do various kinds of dismembering, which uh, it's, I, it's, it's so strange that that's our history, but also it's not strange at all because people were just different back then. I'm sure there are some people who still want to dismember people um, what's the first one that I can think of? They would, like, tie your, each of your hands and feet to, like, a horse, four horses, and then they have them run off in four different directions, and then you would get ripped apart. Is this what we should be talking about right now? Probably not. Most people don't want to hear about this. Next. Ha <laughs> ha! Dismiss. Transitive verb from the 15th century, One. To permit or cause to leave. To permit to leave or to cause to leave. As in, dismissed the visitors. Okay, visitors, it is time for you to leave. You have every right to leave. There's the door. Please leave now. Please go. Two, To remove from position or service. The synonym is discharge. As in, dismissed the the thievish servant uh, so it's the the i guess the context yeah from position or service this is very similar to number 1 because you are permitting them to leave but in this context for number 2 not only are they just not they're 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 in a position or a service there's a job but instead of permitting them to leave you are telling them to leave slightly slightly different context uh, you you can leave your you're a servant and you would steal from us all the time so please uh go you are dismissed 3a to reject serious consideration of as in dismissed the thought I, I'm not even going to give it a thought. Why would I do that? I, I don't like it. I'm. It's a very silly thing. There's no reason for me to think about it seriously whatsoever, so I am dismissing it from my brain. 3B. To put out of judicial consideration, as in, dismissed all charges. If you are the one who has been charged with the things and your charges have been dismissed, you are probably very happy right now. Yay! But if you're the other side, you might be very sad. Depends. Depends on the context uh, to put out of judicial consideration. We're not considering this for a judicial situation anymore. We're done with it. Dismission is a noun. Dismissive is an adjective. And dismissively is an adverb. So... It's not literally from dis plus miss, um, but it is from let's see dis plus the Latin materre, which has two T's, and that means to send. So, well, now that's interesting because if you are sending away this thievish, thievish servant, or sending away the visitors, or sending away all the charges, you are. I'm trying to figure out what the, the dis-prefix does here. You can send those things away. You don't need the dis-prefix. So why is it there in the first place? I mean, but you, I guess you wouldn't say miss. You are missed. That's a whole different thing. So I guess they had to add something else to it. Hmm, that one's kind of interesting. Lots of things are interesting. I think lots of things are interesting. Next. Ha-ha. <laughs> Um, dismissal is next, noun from 1778, the act of dismissing, also the fact or state of being dismissed. I I don't know what to say about this one, it's just the act of dismissing when you are dismissing the people, that is a dismissal. When you are done with class, the bell rings when you're uh, in in school, in whatever school that you're in, uh, you are Dismissed. Please leave my class. I got another class coming in. Get the hell out of here, you kids. Next. Ha-ha. Dismount. Uh, In this case, you would actually emphasize the second syllable, dismount. First form, verb from 1566, starting with transitive. One. To throw down or remove from a mount or an elevated position. Especially the synonym unhorse. Let's make that horse an unhorse. No, you are on the horse and then you get off the horse or something like it. Usually, it's a horse, could be something else, but you are removing a thing from uh, something elevated., uh, yeah, so I guess in that context, you you are the one who's doing the action of to to another thing right? Because this is transitive. Uh, So if you pull somebody down who's sitting on a horse, then you are dismounting them. Or the horse could buck and or do that thing where they lift their two, I was going to say pause, lift their two front legs up in the air real high like you see in old westerns. And then if the person who is on the horse uh, falls off, oh, that's sad, uh, then the horse is the one who is doing the dismounting or the unhorsing. <laughs> That's a funny word. Number two, this synonym is disassemble. Disassemble, dismounting. I guess everything has been mounted together, and so you are taking it apart. Dismount, disjoin, disjoint, dismember, disassemble. Lots of ways to say essentially the same thing. So here is intransitive. Number one is Obsolete. And the synonym is descend. Hmm. So if you go downstairs, are you dismounting? If you are... Yeah, that's why it's, it's obsolete. This one's a little odd to my brain. Number two. To alight from an elevated position as on a horse. Also, to get out of an enclosed craft or vehicle. An enclosed craft or vehicle dismounting. What sort of enclosed craft are we talking about here? I mean a train? do you dismount a train? Maybe, yeah, I guess you could say that. Lots of things probably. And uh, yeah, a light. that was you are alighting from an elevated position. Again, that's it could be like a horse. Um I want to remind myself about this word a light a l i. Where is it, um yeah, I just it doesn't really it's it's not bringing um any meanings to me, so I want to help myself and to you, let's see a light to come down from something, dismount, Deplane. uh yeah, all those kinds of things, so uh that's the verb a light, yeah, this is somehow that one didn't stick, I guess uh, let's go on to. Ha-ha. The second form of dismount, noun from 1654, the act of dismounting. That's what it is. Let's dismount from the horse. I mean, that's usually what we think of. Uh, gymnasts, they dismount from their equipment. Maybe it's the high bars, the double bars, the rings, the the skinny little beam. The uh, Well, they have a horse, too. In, gy- in, gymnastics. in gymnastics, they have a horse. They do all those crazy spinny moves. And then they have to leap off with such grace, land on their feet, put their arms in the air, and they did a perfect dismount. The crowd goes wild. Next word. Haha! <laughs> ha. Disney-esque. And I'm sure you could figure out probably what my sound effect was. So, this is uh capital D-I-S-N-E-Y-E-S-Q-U-E. Disney-esque. You could also say Disney-ish. Ish or esque. Adjective from... This one was coined in 1939? That's... I did not realize or would, it would have thought that people were using that back then, but I will say, you know... Disney was making cartoons for a while by that point in 1939. And if I remember correctly, the first feature-length animated movie, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, 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 dwarfs? Uh, I believe it came out in 1939 or right around there. And so I guess at that point, people were like, I guess, you know, Disney had taken such a hold in everything that they were calling it Disney-esque. What does it actually mean? Resembling or suggestive of the film's television productions or amusement parks made by Walt Disney or his organization. Yes, Disney, everything that they made for a long time had a very specific style. And uh, I mean, you know, it changed everything. Uh, it's so interesting to think that like, what what if uh, Disney didn't do that? What if Disney didn't exist? Would we have gotten that style? Would we have gotten a giant corporation that also changed uh, media, whatever it is? Uh, would something have taken its place? I don't know. I just like to think about that thing sometimes. But it doesn't really matter because it's not like we can live in that universe if it exists or not. We, we have this universe where we have Disney, Um, So yeah, anything that's uh, similar to, suggests, resembles uh, the films, the productions, the TV thing, the amusement parks. It doesn't say style, uh, like drawing style or anything. So I wonder if they did that on purpose. But yes, I I think we all know of what is Disney-esque. And of course, there are lots of people or companies who have tried to, uh, to to copy it, to match it, to see if they can get some of the... A little bit of the success that Disney has had, but you know they got their thing, and uh, you know just make your own thing. Do do what do what you do. Do be original. D- don't try to copy somebody else. Just in general, that's what I think. The next word, ha ha. Disneyfication, Disneyfication, noun from 1982. Okay, this one is much later. Forty about 41 years ago at the time of recording, the transformation as of something real or unsettling into carefully controlled and safe entertainment or an environment with similar qualities, as in the Disneyfication of a downtown. So this is where they take the downtown area of a town and transform it. They change it into something that's very... Uh, safe and has uh, similar qualities to being safe or safe entertainment. Um, Yeah, yeah, so that's interesting. So, you know, it's it's making it, what, more kid-friendly, maybe more light and colorful and happy, and, oh, this is such a happy place. Disneyfication. Usually, I think that this is used uh, maybe maybe disparaging isn't the right word, but usually maybe more of a negative context of, oh, they they took that thing and they changed it and they did Disneyfication to it and I don't like it. I liked it better the way it was or I didn't want them to go that far with the Disneyfication or whatever. Um, but, you know, I, yeah, I, I don't know what my feelings are about that. Um, and it does say the etymology is from the Disney from Walt Disney. It very specifically calls out Walt Disney plus the suffix vacation. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we know, do we know Disney? Could you have just said Disney? Did you need to put Walt Disney? I guess everything that says Disney is from Walt Disney. Um, it, It's again, it's just so it's just so funny to me or so interesting to think about like this one guy, kind of, I mean, he had help and he didn't do as many things as maybe he claims to have done or takes credit for. There was a lot of other people involved. But essentially, you know, it's this one guy who who changed everything. And uh, whether whatever you feel about that, I mean, he's clearly had an effect. And this word disney just has so many meanings behind it and feelings behind it and uh you know they were they were just living their lives the disney's i think kansas and chicago they have roots there and uh they they were just living their life and then all of a sudden when he did his thing disney just became a whole other thing and uh you know there are people who have grown up with this last name and who they might be directly connected to walt disney and his family or maybe more distantly and uh and then it's just it's just a thing. You hear Disney, you you think about one one big ol' thing. It's just amazing how massive a company corporation that is. Um and yeah, you know, you get mixed feelings about Disney. Uh, they they have done a lot of good, but also maybe not, and uh, you know, everybody's got their feelings. What what do we say about that without getting in trouble by the big ol' mouse? um yeah i don't know i have i have as with most people i have a love-hate relationship with them and and what they make Uh, i'm gonna watch it they do a good job especially when you got people like pixar involved as well um but you know there's also a level of like oh just churning out this stuff and uh yeah i don't know but i mean come on they've made some great stuff haven't they okay enough of that let's say the last couple of words Ha! Huh? Disobedience, noun from the fifteenth century, refusal or neglect to obey. I will not obey to what you say. No, no, no! Hey, hey, hey! Uh, yeah, disobedience. Uh, and then the last word, which is related. Ha! 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 Disobedient. D-I-S-O-B-E. D-I-E-N-T, adjective from the 15th century, refusing or neglecting to obey. And the synonym is, no, The, the another form is disobediently, is an adverb. Uh, let's see, let's see. I need to reread these words. We had dismast, dismay, dismay, dime, dismember, dismiss, dismissal, dismount, dismount, Disneyesque, Disneyfication, disobedience and disobedient. I'm thinking I might just pick Disneyesque as the word of the episode. Um, uh, I don't know, just because um, once they really hit it big, lots of people and places wanted to uh, wanted to copy that, and uh, it's just b- between Disney itself and the 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 copycats the things that are sort of related to try to copy that style or in some other form of that um you know it's just had a huge effect on our media that we consume and uh yeah i don't know i just think that's kind of interesting and um i don't want to say like overly negative or even overly positive things about disney um i think even the people who love disney so much uh, probably wouldn't feel that a hundred percent. I don't know. I, it's even hard for me to like quantify my thoughts. Uh, there's, you know, there's there's treatment of employees. Um, there's uh, there's other things. Um, I don't know. There, representation is a big thing. I don't know. I, I say I don't know a lot because I don't know what else to say uh yeah it's fun to go to the parks and to be involved in all the things but again they're also this just giant corporation that own everything and will not allow anybody to uh, to disparage them in any way i don't know and not that i am i'm just trying to sort of state what people have talked about in a very uneducated and crappy way um yeah Mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm hmm. The first time, you know, this is probably the only time we're going to see Disney in this book, I would assume. So uh, let's talk a little bit more about Disney. Uh, first time I went to Disney World uh, in in Florida, Orlando, Florida, the home of everything happy. Uh, I was seven and a half years old. In fact, I think we left on my seven and a half fifth birthday. And uh Yeah, that was fun. That was a good trip. We did Epcot and Space Mountain. And uh, what else? What other memories can I talk about here? Um, Oh, damn. There was a guy with the figment uh, dragon on his shoulder. And that was really cool. And we saw uh, Captain EO, the Michael Jackson uh, 3D short film, which just blew my mind and uh the creatures in it were so cool and the costumes and the set and the dancing and the music and i ended up getting two stuffed animals uh from that there was like the elephant kind of creature and then there was the other one that flew around that had was like orange and it had the long tail and i don't know if those still exist in my parents house we did have a a garage fire so they may have burned in the fire but um yeah i love those things they were just so cool and uh uh I think Doug Benson was an extra dancer in that Captain EO thing, which I think is just so funny. Um, But yeah, that film just blew my mind. We actually have some home video footage of... I think my dad actually shot the screen, even though it was in 3D. We have a record of it uh, somewhere. Um, I think near Captain EO, there were this like these fountains of, like, jumping water. You can you can just turn this off. This is just going to be me talking about Disney for a little bit because I'm here, so why not talk about it? Um, there were these, like, jumping water fountain things from, like, a box to a box, and they, they would just go from box to box. It would, like, le- the water would leap through the air, and it was so cool. And I remember standing under one of them to get a picture, and the water landed on my head. And... Everybody started laughing, and I was incredibly embarrassed at seven and a half years old. And to this day, I wonder, did did they just mess up sometimes? Did they not leap the full six to ten feet that they're supposed to jump? Or is there somebody watching, and they could control and have it land in the middle if somebody's standing there? I don't know. I don't know. It seems a little weird that it would just make a mistake, but it's technology, so, you know... Who knows? Uh, let's see. Oh, another memory was uh, we were in. I don't know what other way to describe it, so I'm just going to say it this way. We were in some sort of area uh, that was Asian-related, kind of. There was there was uh, it was all all Asian things, um, probably China, Japan. I don't know. I was seven and a half years old, so I I wasn't fully aware of what was going on. But there was this performer guy in the middle of this huge crowd, and he. Made this like um, very fragile like whale thing. I, I don't know. I don't know what material it was, but he just sort of created it there in front of everybody, and he gave it to me. Out of this whole crowd, he just saw this little kid, and he gave it to me. And I I was so uh, pleased and so happy that I had got this thing. It was so cool. And then we went to get lunch, and we were sitting there. And this whale was sitting on the tray, and as we were cleaning everything up, my dad accidentally like knocked the tray or something, and this thing fell onto the ground and shattered. And I was heartbroken, heartbroken at this new prized possession. Honestly, it was probably for the best because I don't know how we would have traveled home with that thing anyway. I'm sure he makes a zillion of them a day. Uh, but I really liked it, and I was very, very angry with my dad. So, Dad, I'm, I'm sorry if you, uh, you, you, don't even remember. It's fine. Oh, and then at some point we ran into some friends from Chicago, and I'm not even sure if that was a random occurrence or if my parents knew that they were there. Uh, I'm pretty sure they did. I think that they planned this whole thing out. And so then, like, we got to spend the day with like my best friend in the world and his family, and we have pictures of us at some like disney brunch thing with like goofy and and donald duck and yeah that was really cool oh i think i have probably said enough about all of those things i'm sure i have plenty of other disney memories we have photos and videos and it's great and i think i was a little snot on that trip because i think there my mom told me memories of like You were telling everybody like where to stand and where to go and which line to go into and all that stuff. And I apologize. I'm so, so sorry. Publicly, I will say that. But of course, I was seven and a half. I was a brat. I didn't sing a song about Disney-esque. I don't know how to sing a song about Disney-esque. What's a Disney song? Can we parody? No, we probably shouldn't do that. That would be a very bad idea. Disneyesque is when you copy the style or films of Disney. Disney, oh Disney, this podcast is not Disneyesque. <laughs> All right, have you really stayed here this long? That's crazy. Uh, just one last thing I will say: uh, last night we watched the movie Bros, which I had been very excited to see, and I'm I'm sad that it took me this long to see it. Uh, But I loved it. It's the Billy Eichner gay rom-com. And uh, he's hilarious. And it's fantastic. And there are so many great people in it. And, of course, I teared up. And, uh, yeah, it's just a beautiful movie um, full of love for, for all. And, uh, yeah, if you haven't seen it, you should go see it. I understand it. Maybe it's not for everybody or maybe even people in the LGBTQ plus world, uh, may not fully love it or appreciate it. And that's fine. I don't know. I haven't read things like that. I'm just assuming, uh, but I thought it was wonderful. And, uh, yeah, Billy Eichner, well done. And also I will say that other than, um, Lots of things other than uh, being gay and, uh, well, that's a big one, and um, being famous, uh, being smart, being knowledgeable in history. Other than, like, all those things and more, I really, really related to Billy's character Bobby and also probably just Billy himself because I believe that he... Uh, it it's feels very autobiographical, largely uh in terms of his personality at least so i don't know i just really related to his character and sort of how he was in the world that was that's all i got to say about that thank you very much what my mouth stopped working thank you very much for listening to this quite long episode and uh i hope you appreciated it and i hope you come back for the next one because who knows what we're going to talk about something different This has been Spencer Dispensing Information. (laughs) Ha ha!